Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. We're a big stinky pile of shit, and you guys are a, a little second-rate pile of shit. I think I would take the the second one over the first one. You you should, but I'm American, so I'm going to make it sound like us being a bigger pile of shit is better. Jesus Christ. I mean, do 40% of your citizens own a gun, Doug? It's like, don't you not think that so. far off? It's not nearly as far off as you think it is. We just use our guns for not killing each other. Well, what? Then what's the purpose of having a gun? Oh, people use it for hunting, sport shooting. We're bringing in all sports. sorts of new gun control. <laughs> Every time you guys go on your murder sprees down there, we bring in more gun control up here. And most of our society is just like, yeah, no, I can see that. They're like, we're not going to sell any more handguns. And they're like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I, I was reading an article earlier about how, especially rednecks up in the far northern states, are all throwing a piss fit about your new laws because yep. they can no longer just carry their guns across the border all willy nilly. It's it. Yeah. If there's anything that should be carried willy nilly, it's definitely guns. Yeah, indeed. I don't even think we have any politicians who have accidentally carried a gun on a plane this week. So I guess we are doing a little better than you guys. Well, we don't have any current politicians that tried to bring a gun on a plane this week. Yeah, he's not out yet. Uh, he's a piece well, of shit. And and you're saying it was accidental. I yeah, mean, right? I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I don't think you do it like twice in a month and both times are an accident. Uh, depends how stupid you are. I think that's the uh, I'm better than everybody, so I should be allowed to do what I want mentality is more. Yeah. Or what that is. Can we not talk about this? Makes me sad. Uh, you guys brought it up. You know, guys don't want to have a big discussion about how we can solve school shootings by limiting the shootouts to the front yard of the school instead of letting the guy inside. Jesus Christ. Or to, to no. The plan is to turn American schools into prisons with yeah. barbed wire fences and right. iron locked doors. And that, and, way sh- that way, when and, the guy shows but, up with a gun, there'll be a cop there to kill him on the front yard of the school while the kids watch out the window, and that'll right. be fine. That'll be that'll well, have no negative impact on anything. Right, and to they let could have, teachers they could have still done carry that in this instance, but they didn't. They stayed outside and just did nothing because they were scared. Yeah. Now, careful when you say this instance, because it might. By the time this gets released, there might be another one. <laughs> it's true. Uh, actually, there's been two since that one. Actually, I read somewhere there's been 18 mass shootings. What qualifies as mass shootings since since this one? Not. I'm not talking about mass shootings. I'm specifically talking about school shootings. Yeah. There's there been go. two more school shootings since you then. <sighs> you can't use mass shootings, Brian. When they say that, they mean any incident where four people or more are shot. Come on, that's a bit yeah, ridiculous. Right. Of course, of course, there's going to be a few of those every day. God. America. <laughs> this is very unpleasant. I don't know how we started like this. It's Segway. Did you watch any uh, good uh, wrestling this week, Noah? 
<laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I did. Because I'm still I'm still doing my rewatch of the old uh, WCW stuff. So, you know, I got to watch uh, Dusty Rhodes give the, the hard time speech. Which is real good. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. Oh, yeah. Or. It's probably one of one of the best promos anyone's ever cut. I don't think I've ever actually seen it. I know it by reputation only. So it's not yeah. like it's it's hard to explain because it's clearly a little more prepared than some of the other great ones, you know, like the Austin 316 promo that kind of like lit off the yeah. fucking attitude era and stuff. But but man, it's real good. I don't mind a promo being prepared as long as it's good. That's all I care about. Yeah, it's all just about the delivery. And you had to give, I mean, at that point in his career, Dusty Rhodes was kind of a big fat piece of shit who did, who like wasn't the most amazing wrestler in the world, but that dude could get on the mic and get everyone behind him. Dusty Rhodes, like the entire time that I was watching wrestling as a child was just a giant overweight man who could do very little in the ring. And they talked about him like he was this great wrestler. And like back then you didn't have the ability to go watch old matches. So the whole time it was just like, what are they talking about? Yeah, I always thought it Rhodes through most of his career. He was a big guy, but he could put on quite the show and was a pretty good like storyteller in the ring. But yeah, like later on in his career, it was like, he's just a big foul guy. Like, like fuck me i mean at least so hulk hogan sucks shit right he's he's the most overrated fucking wrestler of all time two moves but but yeah but even old decrepit hogan could deliver a match in the way that made him still look good it was always at the expense of the other guy because he (laughs) you know god forbid he get both of them over but (laughs) Weirdly, but, I watched yeah. the uh, I watched the match from like I want to say it's like 2004 or something like way too late for Hogan to be wrestling, but he was still like whatever champion, whatever they were calling the champion at that point, and it was like him versus the Undertaker, and it was so weird because it's like he clearly can't wrestle anymore at that point, but those two together are such good showmen that it actually like comes across as a good match. It's just yeah. like, it's very strange to watch because you're just like, I don't understand why I'm enjoying this because objectively it's like they punch each other and then the other guy falls down and then like Taker's doing a few things, but not much because, you know, it takes two wrestlers to wrestle. So, <laughs> yeah, the, the one that always got me is fucking Ric Flair, man, because old Ric Flair is almost as high octane as young Ric Flair. Yeah. It's nuts. I, I just, I don't get how that dude kept that shit up. Well, you can find out because he's wrestling one more match. Yep. I, I saw that. <laughs> and t- didn't he already have a heart attack in the middle of doing a promo one time? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, kayfabe wise, yes. Was it a kayfabe? I don't think that he ever had a real one. I've, I've seen that video and it looks really, real, real. <laughs> Well, maybe he's a better actor than you give him credit for. Maybe. Well, he's definitely had any number of health issues, including heart attacks, whether it happened on TV or not. Oh, for sure. He was in the hospital once and everybody was concerned because he almost died. It got to the point WWE put together a tribute to Ric Flair video just in case. Yeah. 
Well, even like just looking at him now, he doesn't like he's like he's obviously old. That's not his fault, but he doesn't look healthy when you see him like on YouTube trying to promote his upcoming match, and you're like, you oh. can barely speak. Oh, man. the the <laughs> best one. So I downloaded Fight TV. Uh, specifically because they've got a couple wrestling promotions that I heard were like free on there. And I was like, okay, well, I'll check those out too and and see what those are like. And, you know, they're all right. But one of them, oh, what's it called? Championship. Hollywood Championship Wrestling. Is that the name of it? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. At least there is one called that. I think, I think that's the one I was watching, but it's sponsored by Car Shield. Mm-hmm. And all of the car shield commercials are fucking like Ric Flair. It's the oh, weirdest. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. fucking crazy being like, really, car shield? Do you think like Ric Flair still the ticket, huh? <laughs> like, yeah, they built a whole advertising campaign around him and specifically was advertising on wrestling shows. Until his oh. Dark Side of the Ring episode where he didn't come off very well, then they paused it. And now they figured everybody forgot. So they're putting it up again. <laughs> but yeah it was all, it was all right i thought i thought the interesting thing about them is you know so there's different ring sizes and i'm not sure how big that fucking ring on that show is but i think it might be like a 16 foot ring it's like two steps and you were on the other side of the fucking ring it's tiny <laughs> it's funny I, when you see rings like that yeah it was weird i mean every fucking suplex they threw the guy was hitting the ropes every single time it was just, I, I don't know it was just a strange thing to watch i was like this is fucking bizarre and then i watched uh oh what's the other one atomic revolution wrestling don't know that one so it is kind of like the new ecw it's like uber low budget and it's like shot inside of a building where it looks like if somebody threw a high enough suplex, you'd hit the ceiling. Always good. Yeah. And the crazy thing is I was watching it and I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is cheap house wrestling, but great. I'm, I'm fucking into it. And the last match was fucking somebody I knew. God damn it. And now I forgot his name again. Uh, he's the dude who used to have the great big mohawk. He kind of got big in WCW and then he came to WWE and then they kind of shipped him back off and he went to ECW and then he came back. What the fuck is his name? One man gang. No, 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 so no. He's skinny, dead. skinny, skinny dude. Uh, cruiserweight. Oh, I don't know. Cruiserweight with a mohawk. Yeah. God damn it. Is it Sean? Something? It's great podcasting. God damn it. We are. We are so far into the show. We are so far off topic. We probably had a bunch of people turn the show off during that first few minutes. You're talking about Shannon Moore? Shannon Moore. Thank you. Oh, Jesus Fuck. Christ. Of all people. I kept trying to say Sean. Yeah, he kind of sucks. I don't know what you're No, he used to. He used to be all right. Okay. I mean, come on. He was in all those those WCW cruiserweight guys were all kind of awesome back then. But he was in the cruiserweights like in the last like two years of the company, and that's when WCW was doing its death spiral. So nobody was really coming off good. Hulk Hogan was at least smart enough to get the fuck out before all that shit happened. Yeah, I just thought it was weird. It's weird watching a show with the production value of like camcorder 
in a garage and you see some, a wrestler that you recognize, you're like, Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I bet you're on drugs. Yeah, he supposedly retired a couple years ago, and now I'm assuming found out that he can't work a real job, so th- he's going to come back. I think he's their, quote, fingers legend. Probably. Character that's, that that's is just, just there to bring people in. Not even Tommy that, Dreamer. Tommy I mean, Dreamer it, will work for anybody. Right, and what that building fuck, yeah. holds maybe like 35 fans, so I'm not exactly sure what you need a legend for. No. They're all tiny like that. NWA's tiny like that, too. Like, there's maybe, what, 40, 50 people in there? Yeah, the studio used to have, like, bleacher seats or stadium seating, I guess, is what I'm thinking. And it maybe looked a lot more. down for COVID and just have never brought it back. Yeah. They're in a different studio now or something because that stuff was built into the studio. And I think that looked better. But now I see yeah. they're all just kind of sitting ground level around the ring and i'm like eh doesn't look as good i i know it's terrible but i almost feel like you need an artificial audience track because <laughs> wrestling if if you're not watching it live it's weird whenever you're watching these shows that there aren't as many fans and you just because all you hear is like they do something and you're like two guys go yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you're like what the fuck I need like a roar, a din, you know what I mean? Some kind of indistinguishable crowd noise that I'm used to watching wrestling. And instead, now it's just yeah, one, but, one shrill woman's voice being like, fuck you, Billy Jack. Billy Jack. Jesus. Yeah, but WWE does that shit where they pipe in crowd noise and it's annoying as shit. I do, see, I'd prefer it. That you should watch the uh, the pandemic wrestling they were in the Thunderdome. So it was it all was, just was LED so screens and oh, weird crowd weird. noises. Yeah, with the fake, with the uh, YouTube screens or whatever flashing yeah. in the back. It's fucking just, it's, it's, it feels like the thing that you put in a sci-fi movie to make a joke about what it's going to be like in the future. And instead it was real. <laughs> Do you remember Rock and Wrestling? Uh, yeah. The show was good. So we're talking about the cartoon now. Well, they they drive around in cars and stuff and do stuff. Yeah, Ro- yeah rock and they, rock and wrestling was ones. the it was the precursor to uh, uh, McMahon taking over. Well, they should make some movies about people driving around in cars and doing stuff. Ooh, nice, like say like a scavenger Excellent. hunt. Smooth like silk. Excellent transition. Everyone's impressed, Brian. Everyone is. <laughs> they shouldn't be because that's terrible. That was the the mayonnaise on the Segway sandwich. I had to steer that shit real hard to get it to work. (laughs) You keep talking about them going to space. I'm like, no, it's not what we're doing. Shut up. I thought we were going to reminisce about the cartoon for a minute. I I remember jack shit about that cartoon. (laughs) You went to space once. Okay. Hogan had three nephews, which they clearly stole the plot line from when Donald Duck had three nephews and just made it Hogan having three nephews. Do you who didn't go to space? Michael J. Fox. Much better transition. Hey, uh, Much better. I'm glad I forced you to do it again. Hey, hey, Noah, do you want to tell us about Midnight Madness? Yeah. So... Midnight Madness is uh, a fucking Disney movie. First of all, let's talk about how weird that is. Okay, well, I, I have info about that. 
I was going to say, especially for the fact that at the beginning of this movie, they aren't nude, but there's tits in this movie. Like a, a pretty serious amount of nipplage going on for the first 20 minutes. And I was like, that Disney logo is weird. Uh, so they felt they were losing the teen audience. So they decided, let's put some movies out, but not promote that it's a Disney movie because teenagers won't come see that. So there was no indication this was a Disney movie unless you paid to the paid attention to the end credits. That's funny. At the very end. But I mean, even at this point, didn't they already have uh, uh, Tombstone Pictures or whatever it is? Touchstone? Touchstone. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, but they yeah. pur- purposefully did that. And then uh, 2004 was the first time when it was put out on DVD. They put the Disney logo on it. Yeah. <laughs> but so this movie is essentially a college student slash 45 year old <laughs> eccentric genius who lives in an apartment i didn't his character doesn't make any goddamn sense he's no. got sexy bitches all over the place and the yep. dude looks like a straight up troll is the 70s yeah so he designs the ultimate game which is just a scavenger hunt essentially yeah. <laughs> Like it's the great did, all-nighter. Yeah, he didn't do an amazing job of inventing an incredible no, you complicated just, you just, thing. He just made a scavenger hunt and built a cool screen to do it on. It's a bunch of people, yeah, following clues, but they all start at the same spot, so they're all finding the clues at the same time. So any one of them could just not play the game and follow the crowd. It would solve yeah. the problem. Which happens a couple times. Yeah, and then we've got we've got groups of teams. We've We've got the sorority girls out to show the jocks that they're douchebags. We've got the jocks out to just fucking be assholes. We've got the nerds also out to show that the jocks are douchebags. We've got the uh, two brothers and their friends who are going to learn a valuable lesson throughout the course of the movie. If you were wondering who's going to win at the end. Uh, and no, then nobody I think was we, wondering who was going to win. And then we've got so the, a fat rich kid and his asshole fucking friends. Uh, and I think I'm not 100 percent sure, but is that fat kid the fat kid from Hard Bodies? Because he uh, sure looks like. I, it. I haven't watched Hard Bodies in like yeah. 30 years. Well, who would who would that. admit to have watched it recently? You, I have it on DVD I, or on Blu-ray. I, I would I would admit to have watched it recently, but I haven't. I bought like an 80s like uh, box set and it was in it. I'm just like, yeah, holy okay. shit. I own this on Blu-ray now, Hard I guess. Box. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and this this movie's got a pretty good cast to it. I mean, you, not a lot of recognizable faces, although Mandark's in there. Always good to see Mandark. Pretty good old Eddie Deason. Yeah, fucking Eddie Deason. Eddie Deason should have been in way more fucking movies. <laughs> Are you sure? Because I think last year he was hit with a Me Too thing. Oh, no. That makes but, me sad. But I don't think it was ever proven. Uh, damn it, Eddie Deason. <laughs> you've, you've, you've stolen more joy from my life, you fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the fat kid from Hard Bodies was not in uh, Midnight Madness. Okay, good. It but just was looks a lot he, like him. He was also a fat guy in Animal House. <laughs> he 
Poor guy's career is to find his fat guy in, and then yep, yeah. Uh, the year year before this, the year before this, he was also in another movie called Scavenger Hunt. So (laughs) (laughs) nice. Uh. The the most realistic thing in this entire movie is that the movie starts off with the fat rich kid uh, having access to better stuff and therefore having a gigantic <laughs> advantage. Yeah. I call him the proto Francis. I did get a kick out of it though, like because at one point he's like going on and on about this computer that can do anything, and it's for the most part it's a GPS. That's how it mostly gets used. <laughs> and it's like it's I get that at the time that that is like absurd the idea that you could punch an address into a computer and it would tell you how to get there. But you know, it's just cute watching it now. Well, the craziest thing is that you could punch in riddles and it would solve the riddles for you. Well, yes, that which is, is... if I understand correctly, like computers now can't do that. No, no. That's complete. That's a lack of understanding of what a computer is. Is what that is. <laughs> I'm just thinking. You think they would have come up with an algorithm for something along those lines, but I don't know. I mean, I I think there are like things that try, but I don't think they work very well. Uh, and I th- I think in in keeping with most of these movies where we have somebody who became uber famous in them. Man, Michael J. Fox is a really good actor, even fucking that young. And you're like, oh, man. (laughs) And he he made everyone else look bad. And did you guys notice that Michael J. Fox's voice at whatever he is in this movie, fucking 15, 16, is identical to his full grown man voice? (laughs) I did notice that. He looks like a full grown man, too. He looks the same in this as he does, like, when he was on TV in the 90s. It's weird. like he hit puberty at nine and just, and then stopped other than the Parkinson's. That's not part of puberty. That's a separate thing altogether. (laughs) Right. But no, yeah, he, he really aged into himself at a very young age and he became very good at um, acting too. Like the whole thing is it's strange how much he stands out in this movie. And it's a little weird that he's supposed to be like the little brother. And he's like, well, he looks kind of as old as everybody else. It's weird. Um, so Eddie Deason was accused of, uh, being immoral and sexist to a waitress. Okay. About, about a year ago. That's, that's so incredibly unspecific. Yep. Okay, well, I'm less, I'm less angry. I need specifics before I uh, about Star that. was accused of being a creep and harassing a waitress. All right. Once again, unspecific. Uh, and yeah, that, that can mean like, anything. And like if the waitress walked up and he went, ah, sugar tits in his horrible Eddie Deason voice, then maybe we've got a problem. I don't know. Man dark. So it's enough for his manager and a bunch of other people to drop him. So I don't know. Hmm. Now, I mean, just being close to somebody who gets accused gets you burned. It's true. But yeah, so uh, what did you guys think of this movie? I'll tell you what, I had a pretty great fucking time watching this movie. <laughs> I, of course, loved it because I'm the one who put it on the list. I'm really curious how much Doug hates me after making him watch this movie. Um, No, I found this movie pretty easy to ignore, so I wasn't mad at oh. it. Ignore what the fuck? What the fuck, you joyless bastard? <laughs> so, 
Okay, so we've talked about the plot is not anything, which which is fine. Like for a comedy film, you don't necessarily need a plot. But what? Tell me a scene that made you laugh out loud in this comedy. Uh, when the uh, dumb guy, because this is a thing we used to uh say to each other all the time after watching this movie is trying the word scramble and the word it comes up with is faggot beefy <laughs> <laughs> it's just his voice the way he says it faggot beefy <laughs> <laughs> and that dude's look and just like the sound of his voice throughout the entire movie like it's pure joy i'm I'm legit glad you enjoyed that. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, <laughs> the fucking, I don't find the nerds, that. I, I don't know. The nerds having a flight of matching mopeds. It's yeah. delightful. <laughs> I mean, again, mildly entertaining. Sure. Uh, Pee Wee Herman trying to stop a riot at his pinball emporium and not succeeding. Probably the highlight of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I even forgot he was in it until he showed up. And I was like, Pee-wee, that's right. He is in this. Oh, man. I, I, I really enjoyed the part where the uh, the fat rich kid, they get to the golf course and the thing says, don't go straight to the 18th hole. You have to play through. And so he goes straight to the 18th hole and it says, hey, I told you not to do that. And now you lost your ball. You fucking idiot. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty great. I, I even really like I like the stuff with the uh, once again, the guy who they keep calling a student who is clearly 40 years old. Uh, his weird battle with his landlady and just everyone in his apartment building slowly coming in to complain and then getting absolutely engrossed <laughs> in the game. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out if there was a period of time where landlords were just disinvolved in your life, or if that is just a weird trope of filmmaking. Uh, one, one of whom, one of his neighbors is, uh, oh God, I can't remember his name either, but he's a voice actor that did a ton of uh, cartoon characters. He's like the first neighbor that joins in. The mm. short, bald dude with glasses. Yeah. Um, oh, I had something else. I completely lost it while we were talking about Leon's apartment. I don't know. Thoroughly enjoyable, Doug. You just ate fun. Look between the two melons, Doug. <laughs> At least I understood the joke that time. It's more the execution I didn't. I don't know. I was really expecting after all that, after all that fucked up stuff they're doing to stare at this chick's tits, that that wasn't actually going to be the clue that it was something else. Like there's two melons on the menu or something <laughs> that they weren't looking at. Um, I don't know. Just enjoyable to me. It's great. I mean, it's a great movie. <laughs> I don't have. I I really don't have any complaints. It's oh. dated. What like, about the, what about the jock when he goes to the Pabst Blue Ribbon Factory and falls into the vat and just? I just even more than that. It's whenever the jocks like walk into the Pabst Blue Ribbon Factory <laughs> and they're like in tears because it's their dream, like. <laughs> yeah i don't know i just i don't know i didn't i i, I did not enjoy that no. i in my head i was just like this is like the most obvious joke you could possibly make it makes no sense because they drive there in like two minutes so if it was that exciting to go there they would have just always gone there like i don't know 
Well, you may not like it. Do you know who does like this movie? Your friend from high school. You told us uh, last week. Yes, but also Seth Green. Okay. Because three different parts of this is, have ended up on Robot Chicken at some point. Like during those segments where they're flipping through the channels, it'll just stop on something weird for like two seconds and then move on. There's been three scenes from this movie that he's recreated. Really? The scene where Leon like reveals himself and acts like we're supposed to know who he is. Apparently everybody gets all pissed off. Leon. That one was on one. The jocks just saying meat machine over and over again. And there's like a third one, but I don't remember which one. It's in like season two of the show. Everybody go check it out. I'm glad he enjoyed it as well. (laughs) (laughs) Faggot beefy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> come on that guy is hilarious i just oh i really like the uh so the girlfriend's friend for the fat guy that's like clearly just sabotaging him and wants to fuck the girl like it's pretty great it's pretty great for a running thing throughout the movie <laughs> that he just screws him over and over and over again the running joke about uh the girl trying to Get him to go on the diet constantly. You know that part? I didn't like that. I didn't enjoy that. No. You didn't like the message of this movie that fat people are hilarious? It was mildly funny at the end when he like pushed her into that aquarium to get out of the food. Not aquarium, but fountain, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, it was a little bit funny. And then the two uh, two overweight twins on the sorority house team. Oh, my God. I forgot about them. They are going to give me fucking nightmares. I hate them. <laughs> I hate the fact that they exist. <laughs> I hate their voices. I hate everything about those two women. I'm sorry. They're <laughs> creepy and weird. I don't like twins in the first place. You don't and, like and their high-pitched giggle? Right. And they're ugly twins that keep going, <laughs> <laughs> and running around and doing weird stuff. I don't like it. Yeah, don't don't take them around food or a carnival because they will just leave whatever you're doing to go do that. <sighs> All right. I'm glad you guys enjoyed yourselves. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I like I this movie really I barely held my attention. It was like I I would have turned it, it off. Makes, it legitimately like makes me sad that you couldn't enjoy it, this movie. It wasn't it's even just, like, it's just straight up dumb fun. I wasn't like mad at it or anything. I was just bored for, for lack of a better term. I was just like, oh, look, I got this game on my phone where you try to pour all the liquid that's the same color into one bottle. That'll be more fun than this. That's all. Yep, I play that one. Yeah. I'm almost up to level 2000. Yeah. I am nowhere near that, but yeah. I got a lot further because of this movie, though. <laughs> that's just that's just sad. Do we enjoy everybody's uh, color coordination with their vehicles? Yeah. So, how did Leon know which vehicle <laughs> each team would pick? <laughs> All right, I don't. In order to assign them the correct color T-shirt, I'm also entirely sure he, that this film is going to stick up to that level of analysis. I was getting ready to say also. He assigned them all fitted, stylized shirts that <laughs> fitted each member of the team who he had no part in selecting. <laughs> yeah. So, Leon, uh, super genius. Super genius. That's why those hot babes are around him. One of them, which is one of the uh, super gorgeous 
girls from uh, the Friday the 13th movies. It's completely naked in the movie. Which Friday the 13th? Uh, I can't remember now. I got to look it up. Um, I'm surprised I didn't notice it was a girl from Friday the 13th. Well, she has blonde hair in this. She has uh, dark hair in Friday the 13th. But it's the one who had the dog that ended up going missing at some point, then shows up again at the end. Like part two? Might be part two. Everyone thinks the dog is dead. It's yeah. not because that movie, that whole series loves twist endings. <laughs> like, oh, it's okay. The dog didn't die. But all these teenagers did. <laughs> No one cares about teenagers. <laughs> is is my microphone picking up my fan? No, you're good. Okay. Uh, gonna say it's hot as balls back here. Yeah, it's part two. She played Terry. Yeah, Su- okay. super hot one with the Mickey Mouse shirt. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So shit, my dog's still outside. I completely forgot. <laughs> um. This is a shitty podcast, by the way. If anyone's, if this is anyone's first time listening, we're better than this usually. <laughs> no, we're not. We're crazy. <laughs> we're better than this. I didn't say we're good. Um. All right. Well, if you're so bored, Doug, why don't you tell us about Cannonball Run? Cannonball Run. Uh, there's a movie. Uh, let's see. There's a big race to get across the country. And everyone has to wear funny costumes and drive silly vehicles in order to try to win the race. Um, so Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise, they're going to go cross country in an ambulance because they think that'll reduce the likelihood of them getting pulled over. For some reason, they have this weird Dr. Frankenstein guy with them <laughs> and they kidnap an environmentalist who eventually just is fine with that and goes along with it. Um, we have Adrian Barbeau and her partner whose plan is just to drive like mad hell and then flash their boobs every time they get pulled over so they <laughs> won't get a ticket. Uh, Which, to be fair, is a solid plan. It is. But there is a, a continuity error in the film involving Adrian Barbeau's boobs. And as well just bring that up right away. There's a scene <laughs> where she's clearly got them exposed. And then the cop demands her license and it cuts over to her and she unzips her top. And it's like, ah, that was already unzipped oh. in the previous shot. Where's the script supervisor on this stuff, man? Um, uh, I noticed that as well. <laughs> of course we did. Of course. Like, focus on... I mean, it's Adrian Barbeau is on the screen. Where are your eyes? <laughs> it's, anyways... Um, who else is there? Sammy Davis Jr. and his partner are dressed up as um, priests. And there's Jackie Chan as Jackie, Jackie Chan, the Jackie race Chan, car driver. Yeah, Jackie Chan playing a race car driver who also just knows a bunch of karate because of racism. And, and um, whose name is Jackie Chan? His name's Jackie Chan. Okay, yep. I didn't even know that. I call him. Yeah. I was going to call him Jackie Chan anyway, but it's because the actor, not because the character. <laughs> and. He's uh, uh, Roger Moore playing Roger Moore. Yeah. Roger Moore plays Roger Moore, who thinks he's James Bond. Um, it's fucking great. I don't know. Whatever, whatever other teams there were. But um, Terry, Terry Bradshaw and yeah. uh, what's his face is the guys who just load up the car with 35 cases of beer and a bag of chips. Yeah. <laughs> the important stuff. Right. 
Um, yeah, a lot of drinking and driving in this movie, by the way. Just a random side note. <laughs> like, wow, that was just more socially acceptable back then. Yeah, I was going to say, this movie is wacky races plus sexual harassment plus crime. I like no. the, the double entendre of wacky races because you could be referring to the racism of the film or you could be referring to the car race in the film. Either way, it works. Indeed. There's a there's a point in this film. This is like this. It's so just outdated, which is I, I understand that it's from a different time. But there's a moment where Sammy Davis Jr. is dressed up as a priest and somebody's like, he can't be a priest because he's a black guy. And they're like, no, 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 they have black priests now. And it's like, it's the 70s. That can't have been a new thing, can it? <laughs> like, I love the fact that his partner keeps trying to fuck people and they won't take him seriously because he's dressed like a Catholic priest. And he's like, I told you Methodist. <laughs> Methodist. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Oh, good old Dean Martin. Is that who that is? Yeah. Okay. Samuel Davis Jr. and Dean Martin. Huh. It's because he, he didn't have a drink in his hand the whole time. He did have a drink in his hand the whole time. Oh, actually. Right, you're right. <laughs> you still didn't with, well, uh, yeah, I think you, you've stumbled across like probably my biggest problem with the film, which is not really a problem with the film, but it's watching it. This is my first time watching it, and I don't have the connection to these people. I bet you it was a lot more fun when it was new. And like people had just yeah. seen Roger Moore in Bond films, and then here he is showing up as this Bond-like character, and all that stuff. You know what I mean? For, where sure. I don't really have, like, really, there's nobody in this film that I have a, a connection to. Adrian Barbeau, come on. Yeah, Barbeau, but she's not doing. She doesn't like shoot anybody or anything fun like that. <laughs> That's true. So she uses her sex appeal the whole time. The thing she's yeah. known for. I was I was gonna say that I find the. Th- the most interesting thing about this movie, the fact that Burt Reynolds character is kind of supposed to be the main character of the movie. Yeah. And he's just the most unlikable motherfucker out of everybody. Oh yeah. Which is even a stretch. Cause it's Burt Reynolds. Cause usually Burt, Burt Reynolds, even whenever he's playing a douchebag, he's still real likable. And this dude, you're like mm, borderline rapist. Like yeah. <laughs> stay, stay away from the borderline rapist with the mustache and the ambulance. Cause he's no good. At one point he like, says i'm not a rapist in dialogue and i'm like if you have to say that you're too close like it's <laughs> you're if you ever have to use the phrase i'm not a rapist it means you're behaving inappropriately stop what you're doing and i mean at that point in time he is speaking to his kidnapped victim so stop what you're doing like it's 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 pretty bad so one of the interesting things is they don't explain anything this movie no which is why because weirdly cannonball run the original is super hard to find mm-hmm. like it's not streaming anywhere um i think i saw some import dvds and stuff but nothing, nothing like i think in the u.s region where you could just buy it and watch it so i don't know what's going on with it cannonball run too easy to find but so uh so when we found it online on Daily Motion, who which I forgot was a website. I've watched movies for the <laughs> podcast through that before. <laughs> oh, so have I, but I've completely forgot about it. Um and I was watching it and they're just not even like discussing anything. They're just like, So when we do the cannonball run, 
And I'm like, oh, I think this might be the sequel. I think this might be part two because they're just assuming we know what the Cannonball Run is. No, no. Nope. They, there's just no explanation in the film. Nope. Just going right into it. And well, weirdly, I, think, I think part of the reason for that, you guys know that the Cannonball Run's a real race, right? I was going to say, I think the thing is that it used to be a real race up until like the late 70s, no, 79. No, it still exists. Oh, the thing I read said the last one was in 79. No. Oh, uh, I did not know. As, as a matter of fact, I think somebody set a new record because of COVID restrictions. Because there was no traffic. All right. Well, at least the trivia on IMDb suggested that 79 was the last one because the director really did it, which is how he came up with the idea for doing the movie. Huh. I would not have guessed that this was based on a real thing. No. I mean, obviously, the real thing is not as slapsticky as this. I'm assuming it's not people in ambulances and stuff. But uh, Yeah, according to Wikipedia, it looks like it's still a thing, yeah. I guess. Yeah, the Cannonball Run record was broken three different times in 2020. <laughs> That's funny. Interesting. <clears throat> it's still going on today. There have to be a bunch of rules about how you're not supposed to violate too many traffic laws and shit. Well, uh, I don't I don't know if that's true because I know it was started as a protest to traffic laws. Like it's when they started putting in speed limits and all that kind of stuff that they started doing it. It's just a big fuck you to the government for saying drive slower. Right. And Wikipedia says legality and ethics. And the only thing it says is record attempts are criticized for their illegality, illegality and disregard for public safety, but nonetheless draw significant press coverage whenever a record is broken. Yeah, I mean, because basically you'd have to announce to the press that you're getting ready to try to break that record, which means you're going to speed across every state. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you're announcing it publicly, so the cops are going to come after. Uh, so apparently, Burt Reynolds was not a big fan of this movie. <laughs> that might explain why he comes across as such an asshole in the <laughs> <Maybe>. film. Because <laughs> I mean, really, he's behaving in much the same way he does in every other movie, except the charm is kind of turned off, and maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah, the guy directed the uh, Smokey and the Bandit movies, which is the only reason he, like he was doing him a favor by being in this movie. And he said that uh, basically that everything that was written about his performance was correct. So <laughs> he must have really just not care about this movie. But apparently, it was good enough to come back for Cannonball Run Two. So was, there was a good enough paycheck well, to come back for Cannonball Run Two. And if I remember, like, there are a bunch of rumors about him being a complete fucking asshole to Don DeLuise, right? Uh, maybe. I don't know. They worked together on Smoking the Bandit 2, so I thought they were good friends, but maybe not. Can we talk about I, I, Don I, I, DeLuise's I can, character in the movie instead of this stuff? Because that he has I mean, multiple personalities and one of them is a superhero. <laughs> It's so fucking funny. He just like out of nowhere, he just all of a sudden has this mask on and he thinks he's a superhero slash wrestler. I'm not sure exactly what he's doing. <laughs> I love so every funny. time he transforms, he goes, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I love it. It's it's like the highlight of the movie for me. And then at the end when he's about to win the race, but he gets diverted because he falls into superhero mode and has to go save a dog. <laughs> <sighs> pretty funny i mean that's another huge problem in the movie is like 
they all start at different times and they make it a point to note when they start so that they can measure their time. But then at the end of the movie, it's like a foot race to see who can get there first, which makes no sense because that's not how it would work in this type of a race. You would have to get there and punch your card and then have somebody check what time you left and make sure that, and measure the time. But anyway. questing, questing logic. Yeah. Did you guys um, start thinking about how Adam Sandler must be a fan of this movie? Because he clearly <laughs> stole the whole thing for the principal and Billy Madison from Dom DeLuise in this movie. <laughs> Is it not like it, it can't be a coincidence, right? Doesn't seem like it should be. Because it's just like that guy, and then he just shows up in his hero mask, and the masks are kind of the same-ish. I spent the whole time just wondering, because I've had this idea for a while that would never happen, and I can't make video games, so that's, that's a big flaw in this plan. But if you got like a racing game and just license a bunch of famous cars... Yeah, seems like it would be do pretty well. You totally do the ambulance from this, and then just have the, a, the, dom- the A-team van and Night Rider, yeah, of course. Um, and then you could just have the Dom DeLuise character, and you can sell like other outfits for the character with his different superhero disguises. It's <laughs> pretty funny. Uh, is there any good? stops along the way um take that as a note i'm trying to think if there were any that i mean there's the big fight scene for some reason there was like just a giant fight scene for some reason there's no good reason for having that at all <laughs> um where like the bikers go after the one team that's on motorcycle and the rest of the racers decide to jump in and help and i think it's just because like halfway through they realized their race car driver jackie chan was the same jackie chan that's good at karate so they had to give him stuff to do <laughs> Well, the interesting thing I read is that uh, Jackie Chan, the whole reason Jackie Chan shows outtakes at the end of, his, end of his movies is because of this movie. Yeah. Like, he loved the idea so much. He's just like, I'm going to do that for every single movie I'm in from now on. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> well, I think plus everybody was like, you know what? You break 35 bones making every single movie. Might as well show people all the bones getting broke. <laughs> Yeah, so they uh, very stereotypically had the uh, technology car with computers. Yes. And it would ride with, like, infrared goggles the whole time so they didn't have to turn their headlights on. That's actually, like, a really good idea. <laughs> that was the one I'm like, oh, yeah. And they had, like, a GPS, too, and it was, like, the classic joke of the GPS taking them the wrong way. Except <laughs> way before GPSs existed. I really like the part where they're doing the infrared thing and they blow past some cops that are sitting there with the radar gun out. And you hear, wow, and they go, what the fuck was that? And the guy goes, I don't know, but it was going like 150 miles an hour. And then they don't do anything. They just sit there. Well, they make the, they make the point that it's just like, remember before radar guns, we actually had to chase speeders? Yeah, they start talking about it. How <laughs> their job is less fun now. <laughs> was a you know what's it can you guys explain to me the stereotype whenever there's japanese characters in movies from anything before like 1995 they always just start arguing with each other and yelling and screaming at each <laughs> other in japanese does it what is that about like where does that racism come from is there a stereotype that japanese people like argue when there's two of them together 
I don't know. Like all I kept thinking of when Jackie Chan and his partner were just like screaming at each other and they wouldn't even bother like because most of the time when they spoke, they got subtitles. But once they started arguing, the subtitles just stopped <laughs> like you guys don't need to know exactly what they're saying. You get the idea yeah. here. Yeah, sure. But it kept reminding me of the guys from uh, Major League. Like I just I kept thinking about all these like different things where it's like put two Asian guys together, have them start yelling at each other and they start fighting. And for there you go. That's funny. And I don't understand why. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What that would be from. Unless it's just other American movies. Just continuing the trend. Just yeah. Oh. Well. Uh what about the crazy doctor in the back of the ambulance? That's so weird. <laughs> what was his name? He said, Can you drink that stuff? Oh, I never tried. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's yeah, like, something, something, something von Helsing. Yeah, it's so weird though, because like they, they they're like, this guy's like a creepy weirdo, like Doctor Frankenstein or something, and then his name is von Helsing, and you're like, but well, you can't, you can't use like this, you can't acknowledge the existence of the Universal Classic films, and then turn around and give him a name of one of the characters and act like we're not going to know. It's weird. It's also super creepy that he had like a seemingly extra long middle finger that he kept threatening to shove up people's asses. <laughs> I did like, I like the fact that he's a super creepy weirdo in the entire movie, except for whenever those cops pull over, pull him over and he has to go into doctor mode. Yeah. And all of a sudden he can be this normal, pretty rational doctor. And then the second they walk away, he's like, Ugh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What else was particularly good about this one? Was a weird part where the guy jumped out of an airplane on a motorcycle for reasons that I can't understand. <laughs> He's supposed to be like a evil Knievel type of guy. Yeah. Um, because I think then, because I think I don't remember them pointing it out, but he rode on the motorcycle in a wheelie position the entire race. Yeah, because his partner was too heavy and it caused the bike to tip up and they couldn't tip it back down. Is the uh, is that what it was? Film. Yeah, his partner who's dressed up as his wife for some reason. That didn't entirely make sense. For some reason, well, I what thought they it was were, like a... Their argument was they were dressed like they were on their honeymoon and so cops would let them go because they were on their honeymoon. Oh, okay. Yeah, every team was trying to come up with a trick to get by everybody. It's what's super weird is they go through all that effort and it's like none of them talk about why don't we get a faster car that'll go faster than the other cars <laughs> like the guys that are loading up like you know hundreds of pounds worth of beer in their car it's like well if we just get picked up beer every time we stopped instead of trying to pack enough in to last the trip probably wouldn't be waiting down the car so much and like you know uh our main characters are driving in an ambulance that can't be as fast as a Lamborghini? That just seems wrong. <laughs> Which that Lamborghini? That's like the pitch perfect example of a Lamborghini that. Yeah, it's what you picture in your head. Rolled over as a kid, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's exactly what you picture in your head. And then, you know, I would steps two hot chicks intentionally <laughs> exposing their boobs to get out of traffic tickets constantly. Oh, it's a dream come true. <laughs> that was a pretty funny scene too when they like she unzips her top and she looks up and she's like, what? And it's a female cop that's pulled them over. <laughs> like, and she's almost as hot as Adrian Barbeau. And she's got her boobs yeah. sticking out too. Yeah. 
It's just like, oh, shit. Well, this ain't going to work. Oh, man. We may have to watch Scavenger Hunt next. Because <laughs> this one has Scatman Crothers, Cloris Leachman, Roddy McDowell, Dirk Benedict, Willie Ames, Tony Randall. That sounds much more like a movie we should have watched. <laughs> we could team it up with Cannonball Run, too. See, it all works out. Uh, I don't think we need to turn this into a running theme. Too late. <laughs> Noah, tell us another funny part. Uh, a weird doctor kept shooting himself up with what I assume is morphine over and over again. <laughs> I thought it was some kind of anesthetic, but then he just kept doing it and not falling asleep, so it can't have been... Well, and the fact that he's using the same dirty needle over and over and over again is terrifying. Yeah, well. I like that they don't even, like, they don't try even to address that. They don't even try to knock up uh, Farrah Fawcett with it. They just give her laughing gas instead. They're like, we would never just, like, inject her with something against her will. So let's just they give her laughing gas. That's fine. Laughing gas is a socially acceptable way to knock a woman out after you've kidnapped her. <laughs> right? Uh, weirdly, I did feel like this movie was longer than the first movie, but it is actually half an well, hour shorter. See, here's the thing. At the beginning of this movie, and like this is a very serious criticism, it takes way too long to get to the race. That is like, true. It, it should be one quick scene with each of these groups of people. And instead there's like everything we've said that's funny is all stuff that happens after the race starts. And there's all that long lead up of like, what happens if these guys are flying a plane and they land it to buy beer? And it's like, what does that have to do with the rest of this fucking movie? Like, <laughs> like it's fine, like whatever, but there's a lot, a lot going on. There's the guy jumping out of the plane on the motorcycle. There's like just everything. And you're just like, just stop. Just two minutes with each team so we know who they are and then you develop them throughout the movie by showing us them while they're racing not before yeah because even burt reynolds and uh, dom deloise it shows them trying out like three different other modes of transportation before they settle on the car on the ambulance and it's like they were never going to use a plane in this race that can't be allowed or there's a boat that they use at one point you're like like they can't do that so why are we doing why are we seeing them in these other things it doesn't make sense yeah. I don't know should have just cut cut to the race as soon as possible yep yeah it should have been like opening montage of all these teams like so we kind of get to know them and they all show up at that hotel and get ready to leave um, oh what about speaking of movies predicting the future what about when that uh, Iranian sheik or whatever he's supposed to be uses his car phone to when he calls ahead <laughs> to the place to order food. Right. And they're it, like, we've never done this before. You called your order ahead from a fast food. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, and orders enough food for like 10 people. And it's six dollars and 75 cents. Yes. Well, <laughs> that's listen. Things have changed in many ways in our society. You're no longer allowed to kidnap girls and lock them in the back of an ambulance and food was cheaper back then. So, And uh, white guys are no longer able to play Midwestern people in movies or Middle Eastern people in movies. Yeah. 
Not usually. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the interesting thing is most of the cast comes back for the second one. Really? Uh, except for Roger Moore. Huh. And I think he may have gotten in trouble. You think? From the, from the James Bond he, people. See, this is the thing. I'm not a Bond guy. Was he Bond at this time when this movie came out? I believe so. So this wasn't like two years after his last Bond movie or anything? I don't think so, but I'm okay. not a huge Bond guy either. Um, I mean, I guess that's something I could have looked up instead of waiting until now and just throwing it at you guys and hoping you <laughs> Well, IMDb is taking a while to load, but I'll find out here in a second. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the weird thing is, so apparently this guy went into... Um, let's see. No, he did two more Bond movies after this. Yeah, okay. So, so uh, yeah, I, I can see why they might not have wanted him doing this. Three more Bond movies after this. Okay, so he was still Bond for a while after this. Um, apparently, the director went in to talk to them about directing a Bond movie. And apparently, they read him the riot act for all the Bond stuff that he put in. Oh, really? So there's rumors for a while that, that they were mad because Roger Moore had signed some sort of contract that he wouldn't spoof any James Bond stuff in other movies. Okay. He well. has said that he never signed any such contract. That he just told them, like, I would never do such a thing. But then when made this movie. If he had signed such a contract, then this movie wouldn't have gotten made. So. <laughs> At least he would not have been in it, yeah. I mean, or worst case scenario, they would have, you know, sued him or whatever they could yeah. do. So, uh, Roger Moore did not come back for part two. And I'm wondering if that, if that's probably why I think that's gotta be why it's the only logical thing I can think of. But, uh, Richard, Richard Keel, who played jaws and bond is in the second one. So it still gets its, its bond connection in a little bit of a different thing. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Jamie Farr is even back as the Sheik, so they keep their racism going. Oh, I'm sure they do. <laughs> I don't think they're giving that up. Oh, no. Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. are both in it. Tony Savalas shows up. He must take over the uh, Roger Moore role. Maybe. And then uh, Jackie Chan's back. Mm-hmm. I also had uh, Tony Danza. I suspect that the second movie in the series is very reminiscent of the first one we've already watched. <laughs> I don't, it's just my guess is that it's just a, a retread. But uh, Well, here's the description, Doug. You can decide for yourself. The original characters from the Cannonball Run, 1981, race across the country once more in various <laughs> trucks and cars <laughs> <laughs> i mean it does sound a lot like this one uh, i will all reserve judgment until i get around to not watching that but oh it's it's already on the list i've already added it so we're watching it. it at some point <laughs> scavenger <laughs> hunt and cannonball run 2 coming soon thanks for calling the midnight drive-in no one is here to take your call for more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod, or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. All right, what did everybody watch since last episode? 
So on the recommendation of everyone, I watched Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. Oh, yeah. And guess what? It's, it. gr- it's great. Oh, okay. Dude, Ugly Sonic is that whole the thing. Greatest is just, thing it's so fucking out of control. And the <laughs> fact that they gave him that horrible voice too to go along with everything. <laughs> it's uh Tim uh what's his name? He has his own show on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, I think you should leave now. Show I got a I got a show. I ride along <laughs> with the FBI. It's called Ugly Sonic, Uglier Crime. <laughs> <laughs> It's the most ridiculous cameo ever. And like, <laughs> it makes me so happy. If nothing else in my mind, I get to play out that conversation when they call up Paramount. And it's like, we need to license Sonic, but not the one you're thinking of. <laughs> you mean the one from the video game? Nope. 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 Yeah, I was, I was trying to figure that out because the amount of cameos that are in the movie, I was expecting all the Disney cameos. Yeah. But man, there's a whole lot of. Oh, yeah characters that have nothing fuck all to do with disney yeah that's why i said it. it's it's basically the modern version of who framed roger rabbit they're like what all can we get i mean there's even a bunch of who framed roger rabbit references yep totally um but it's pretty great i thought the joke the joke about gadget at the end was pretty fucking funny <laughs> which one uh i didn't it's i don't know that's a that's a Joke spoiler. Doug, have you seen it yet? No. Yeah, I don't want to give it away. Gotcha. It's, it's a pretty great joke, and I don't want to ruin it. But yeah, yeah, it was it was delightful. I don't I don't have any complaints about it, I don't think. I was Ever. worried, because I'm not a big John Mulaney fan. Lots of people are, I guess. But I don't know. I didn't like- see, I don't necessarily like John Mulaney in stuff, but I think yeah. John Mulaney as a writer and as a stand-up comedian is funny as fuck. Yeah, I say I'm not a big fan of his stand up. But uh like I was it's perfectly a horse in a hospital. And everybody's not freaking out, but everybody's more confused. Like the horse is in the elevator and they're like, The horse can use the elevator? Yeah, see not not funny. <laughs> oh <laughs> so funny. It's the best it's the best like a Trump joke of all time. Trump is just a horse in a hospital. Okay. But I didn't know that's what that joke was. Oh my gosh. No, John Mulaney from Voice and Cartoons. So oh, he does it's a whole it's a whole thing of that's he goes, I don't want to get political. I just see him as a horse in a hospital. And he goes through this entire like ten minute thing about it, and it's all really fucking funny. Anyway, I thought he was pretty decent as chip. Yeah. And Andy Samberg's pretty good as Dale. Yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, it's it's one of those interesting uses of an IP where you take the IP and turn it into something that it isn't. Mm. You know what I mean? But yeah. I mean, it's fine. It works. Yeah, I was <laughs> me and Amanda were watching it and I'm just part of me was like, what the fuck? Because they, they show the backstory of how Chip and Dale meet. And then it's just, and then we made rescue Rangers. I'm like, but they're glossing over all of the shorts they made for all those decades at Disney. What the fuck? Those weren't important. I guess not. Some of the best Christmas cartoons of all time are the Chippendale. Those are the ones where they're harassing Donald Duck for some. There's one where they 
are harassing Pluto because Mickey cuts down his tree and brings it in the house and they keep like, oh, yeah. doing shit to Pluto. It's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> I do remember that one. That one's good. Uh, and then after that, I watched uh, the Willow trailer. So I was all Willow horny. So I rewatched Willow. Yeah. And guess what? Still fucking great. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't surprise me to hear. It's a crime. It is a crime against film. Then that movie bombed in the theaters. Dude, I just, uh, I just don't fucking get people. No, people make poor decisions in life. It's weird. It's weird when you go back and look at how many great movies have been box office bombs and how much shit makes tons of money. You're like, I oh, don't yeah. get it. I mean, we're on what? Fast and the Furious 52 at this point? Ten. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I'm assuming the next one is the souped up wheelchairs, all the characters. But yeah, it's Willow. It's fucking great. If you haven't seen Willow, go watch Willow. Why? Why haven't you watched it? I've been tempted to watch it right now. And I'm like trying to hold off, I think, till closer to when the series comes out. Yeah. It was an excuse to watch it. So I watched it. And then I watched a few episodes of uh, God damn it. I'm going to get it wrong. Is it Short Life? Is that the name of it? Life is Short. Life, Life is short. short, yeah. Life is short. Uh, that show is so good. There's too many. There's too many uh, reality shows about little people with very similar names. Oh yeah. Trust me, I know. Amanda watches all of them. Ugh, reality. <laughs> <laughs> I think last night she went to the bedroom and watched Little People, Big World. I was out here watching important stuff. Yeah. What's yeah, I it's didn't watch weird to me because those those shows about like just people it's like they're just they're living their lives but they're short and it's like they've, those have been on since I had cable and I haven't had cable since 2009 <laughs> like it's I shouldn't recognize the titles of shows you're saying about that but they've been on for 20 yeah. fucking years well, it's because the show ended and then they brought it back is that what happened yes people well, just couldn't get enough it. apparently yeah. I managed to resist the urge of binging the entire show and and the follow-up special <laughs> did you make so, Shara watch it no no I went, I went into my dark room to <laughs> laugh like a madman but i did i of course watched the three most important episodes can you guys guess which are the three best episodes oh oh it's been a while so i don't even think i finished the series i think i still had like half a season to what go or something fuck brian well, they took it off Prime, so I couldn't keep a, yeah. keep watching it. I mean, you guys can probably guess. What's the first one? Come on. Johnny Depp episode? Johnny Depp episode on the list. <laughs> we have to guess them in order? <laughs> no, you don't have to guess them in order. That's one of the three. Right. The Val Kilmer appearance. Nope. Oh, really? That's when they talk about Willow well, more. They talk about Willow more. <laughs> than all the ones. They talk about Willow a lot in that show, considering Willow was a box office bomb. But Da-da. come on, guys. Liam Neeson. Oh, I yeah. Don't... Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking <laughs> hilarious. And then the third one is the one where he gets invited to the wedding. And he shows up to be the guest of honor. And it turns out they actually wanted him to dress up as the Ewok. And so he has oh, to right. get in that, that, <laughs> get in the hollowed uh, teddy bear that the dog's been fucking. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Oh my God. That, that fucking show. Once, once again, that should be 
uh, like on ten, on ten the, seasons long. Yeah, well, it, on the mountain of like pop culture shit, people should talk about that as much as Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Game of Thrones is great, but Game of Thrones isn't as good as that fucking show. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, watch Willow, watch Kenobi. You're still dumb. You're still dumb, and we're not supposed to talk about it until it's complete, per Doug. I'll, I'll put it, I'll say this, the third episode wasn't as bad as the first two episodes. It still wasn't good. You're out but of your it wasn't mind. I think, I'll, I'll say this, I, I don't I don't watch the Twilight movies and then come on here and bitch about them because I already know I'm not going to like them. And you should do us that same courtesy. You're not going to enjoy it. Just, <laughs> just don't watch it. Just don't watch it. It's fine. Uh, not, every, not everybody has to watch everything. Just You've clearly predetermined nope. from the get-go that you're not going to like it. So just don't watch it. No, I'm still giving it a chance. Like I said, third no, was not. better than nope. the first two. Just you're not, not good. You're not giving it a chance. I d- I don't understand how I can both have watched it and not have given it a chance. Because <laughs> you're hate watching it. That is that is the craziest fucking thing I've ever heard of in entire life. It's like you ate this entire carton of ice cream just so that you could say that the ice cream tasted bad. I believe you would do that. I genuinely believe you would. Why? Why would a person do that? I don't. I I didn't say I would. I said you would. <laughs> I don't claim to understand. I don't know, but we got three more weeks till we can talk about the entire show, per Doug's ultimatum. So I haven't even seen episode three yet because you guys are making me record on the day that it came out. <laughs> hey, we we both watched it on the day it came out. Yeah, get your priorities in check. I mean, I found time to watch it, and I wasn't even that excited about it. Uh, one joke we forgot to mention from Chippendale. Is that uh, Paul Rudd makes a cameo appearance as Aunt Man? <laughs> yeah, originally it was supposed to be Aunt Man, and I control aunts. <laughs> that sounds really funny. <laughs> uh, I was just scrolling through, and somebody made somebody posted the Aunt Man picture. <laughs> it just reminded me. Uh, did you watch anything else, Noah? No, I think that's it. And then a fuck ton of wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> what did you watch, Doug? Um, I don't have a lot. I watched um, the 2016 movie The Void. Do you guys know this one? Uh, I have seen it and was disappointed by it, but I would. I want to rewatch it because I was really I was really excited for it and when I saw it I just felt like it didn't live up to what I was hoping it was going to be really that was the one by uh, the group of guys with the really specific name Astro something 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 I have no no idea that would be a negative I don't know I have no idea who made it I just I just turned it on (laughs) randomly while flipping through streaming services Uh, uh Radio silence. Is that it? Someone look it up so that we don't go through this. I I am currently. All right. Um, Yeah, but I mean, so the plot is cop picks up a guy on the side of the street, takes him to hospital. Weird cult members show up on the outside. Guy inside turns into a monster, starts possessing people. So you got monster inside, cult outside. So you can either leave nor are you safe staying. 
lots of tension between the characters um and eventually just a shit ton of practical effect monsters show up and they have to fight them all and it is i think really good brian apparently disagrees but i was surprised how well the tension at the start of the movie works and then when they switch it over to just being monsters chasing people around a hospital how much that still works so i was pretty impressed by that sort of uh the way it worked on multiple levels i think is what really impressed me the most i liked it i liked it quite a bit and yeah i was right it's the astron six guys yeah that's what i'm just looking at which is baffling to me because it's the complete opposite of like manborg and father's day Right. Well, that's why they didn't do it under the Astron 6. <laughs> no, that makes sense now. Label. Yeah. Yeah. Because then one of them also did a Leprechaun Returns and Psycho Goreman. So. Yeah, those guys, those guys are fucking rock stars. Yeah, I just don't remember them. Like you said, maybe it's because they didn't use the Astron 6 uh, brand. And that's why it threw me off. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised to hear that you wouldn't have liked this one, Brian. Cause... Uh, I'm still surprised too, but again, it could have just been my expectations from the trailer. So like I said, I would definitely watch it again just to give it another shot. I I think it's, it's really, really hard to do a Cthulhu-esque horror movie and make it good. And I think this is one of the better attempts at it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really fair analysis of it, actually. Um, You know, it, it's just it's gory at times, but like I say, it's still tense when it wants to be. I think the movie makes a surprising amount of sense considering it is so insane. Like there's just little shit. Like you've got a cop as the main character, so you want to take away his gun, right? Like that helps increase the tension if he can't just shoot everything that comes at him. They do that in a rational and intelligent way that I think is just like works for the sake of advancing the plot and getting the characters where they need to be and stuff like like so what happens is the first time somebody is possessed he shoots them or possessed isn't the right word but taken over he shoots them so then the other trooper takes his gun as part of the like procedure of like there's been an officer involved shooting and then when that second officer is hauled off by a monster it's like okay guns are all gone now that keeps the plot more interesting and at the same time it makes sense it didn't feel scripted or forced so mm-hmm. yeah. i don't know there's it's even the like there's like this weird like so we we can tell at the beginning that he is hesitant to go to that hospital to drop this guy off and he kind of like asks if there's another place he could go, but it's a much further drive. And then we, we, when he gets there, we find out like it's his ex-wife is like one of the skeleton crew that is still working in this hospital. And you're like, okay, it, it sounds cheesy, but it works pretty well. Like as far as the film goes, like just cause it's a well-made film, you end up with that tension helping move the characters forward and move the plot forward and stuff. So, and then just great practical effects on the monsters, which is key. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to really say about it other than it's good. You should rewatch it, Brian, and let us know if you like it more the second time around because I think you would. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have much else. The only other movie I watched 
for some reason, Disney Plus recommended the movie 13 to me. Do you guys remember this movie? It like, made a big splash back in like 2002 or whatever when it came out. Because it was like, it's, what, like, it's like one of those dark Evan, dramas. Evan and Rachel Wood. Yeah. It's yeah. like one of those dark dramas that were really like popular for a little while for some reason. And I actually get into because like, I don't know. Sometimes I like it when films are dark and depressing. Yeah, I think I purposefully, like I haven't seen it. And I think I purposely didn't watch it because yeah. I was watching way too many of those at that point, And I was like, I have to watch some comedies or I'm going to fucking kill myself. Yeah, no, and that's very valid. Like, because I, I, I know sometimes I go through stages where I end up rewatching them because there was that period of them like putting out these good ones, and it's like it gets real depressing real quick. And this one's no exception. Like, it's just about these like thirteen-year-old girls who are basically the one kind of gets in with the wrong crowd and grows up way too quick and starts using drugs and everything else. But it's an extremely well-made film. Um, I don't, it's weird to watch it on Disney plus, but it's, <laughs> it's just one of those ones where you're like, Oh, like it, it does a good job of showing like there's there's no bad guys and there's no good guys in this scenario. You're like, Oh, like she's getting led down the bad path by this, like bad influence kid. But then when we go to that kid's house, we realize her life's kind of fucked up too. And she's just trying to make it through. And there's like, even there's like an older brother character who's constantly getting annoyed with the sister for, um, doing the dumb shit that she does around the house and causing trouble. But then we see like, you know, when he eventually starts asking the dad to come in and help, like you can see that he's genuinely upset by the fact that his sister is ruining her life as well. And it's like, yeah, both those things can be true. You can be annoyed by her and care about her. Like that's part of being in a family, you know? Um, so I was just kind of surprised by that level of complexity. It wasn't like just the simple, straightforward narrative, you know? Even at one point, like when the dad does show up and he, I guess he's the closest thing to like a villain because he's kind of an absentee father the whole time. But like he shows up and you realize like, A, they keep complaining that he doesn't send enough child support. And then B, when he says, I can't come because I have to work more, they get mad at him for that too. And you're like, oh, well, I can see how that kind of getting pulled in two directions is problematic. And then when he finally does show up and try to help, he's like, somebody explained to me what the problem is and no one knows how to do it. So he's like, well then how do I help? And you can just see how everyone's just at a loss. So I thought it worked, worked really well, felt very real and true. So, which makes it more depressing. So if you're not in the mood to be depressed, <laughs> don't watch it. Cause you're like, Oh, this isn't some like fairy tale. That's like exaggerated to make things go wrong. It's like, um, yeah, like it just feels like, it feels like real life and sometimes in real life you feel very helpless and that's how this movie feels. So I don't know if I'm recommending it or not, but <laughs> that's still not sure why Disney plus is like, since you enjoyed commando, maybe you would like this dark drama <laughs> from 2002, but so we have to do whatever Disney tells me. It's kind of, it's either that or just go do whatever Tubi tells me. I don't know. It's a lot of stress. Uh, so it was around this time that me and a friend of mine went and saw Mystic River. Yeah. 21 grams. Okay. And Monster with Charlize Theron. Okay. Three weeks in a row. That was our, that was our movie. Happy go lucky. Good time. The theater. And I'm like, we got to go see a comedy. (laughs) (laughs) So we went and saw anger management with Adam Sandler the next week. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that movie not being good. Anger management. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it since it was new. So, yeah. See, so it must not have been that good. Must not have been that good because I'm able to watch Cannonball Run and immediately pick out what parts of that that Adam Sandler has ripped off, but I can't even remember anger management. So. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, that was a weird time, like that early 2000s where they're just like, everyone seems a little too happy. You know, let's just see if we can't fuck them up. Let's just, you know. <laughs> Do you always remember like the movie like it was like that one Mean Creek that came out that was just like what would happen if some kids murdered a guy and then had to decide whether or not to rat themselves out? That's a good plot for a movie. Right? <laughs> it's like I forget who the oh, I forget who the kid is in too, but he's like he was on like a Disney show at the time, and then they, like he just goes and does this in his off season. It's like what the fuck? He's got to diversify himself. Yeah. But. Yeah, I mean that whole that whole time frame. There's so many of those movies that are just like. Uh, anyways, that's all I watched this week. Um, you got some stuff for us, Brian? I do, because my friend came over and we had some more the marathons. Oh, that, that friend. Yeah. Uh, so I was really excited because I had picked up New York Ninja on Blu-ray. <laughs> so I was just using the same excuse, like we're totally watching New York Ninja. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those that don't know, New York Ninja is a movie out from Vinegar Syndrome. So they just bought like a bunch of lots of film stuff from like labs or whatever that were closing and getting rid of stuff. And they found an entire movie that had been shot called New York Ninja that they now owned all the uh, negatives for. Uh, but there was no audio. So they're like, well... You have to, uh, they got a hold of it. They figured out whoever owned it, whoever made the original movie, got a hold of them. Uh, there was no living audio sources. So they were basically came down to, we're just going to have to lip read this thing and try to write a script to figure out what the fuck this movie's about. And so then they went and got a bunch of actors that, who would have been working around this time. And had them dub over the entire movie. So, like, the main character, the New York Ninja, if you were, they got Don the Dragon Wilson to do his voice. And then then Linnea Quigley does the voice of, like, the love interest in the movie. And they just do that throughout the entire movie. Um, So, I was really fascinated by this movie. I'm like, they basically had to just come up with, what is this movie about? Figure out a way to make that work. They couldn't even, they, there was not even a script. They even have a script for the movie. So they just basically had to figure out the best they could what it was. I can't, I can't believe somebody did that. I'm fascinated by that whole thing. <laughs> right? Um, so we watched it, and it's as glorious as uh, you think it would be for a movie called New York Ninja, where uh, whatever fake uh, near future this New York is set in, is overrun by gangs and crime and to the point that they're just roving bands of, you know, roving bands of gangs, just killing people in the street willy nilly. Um, he finds out through a very cheesy scene that his girlfriend is pregnant. And then of course, five minutes later, she's dead killed by a, a, a gang of thugs. And he decides he must come become the New York ninja. So he could figure out who was that killed 
killed her and then killed them. What he doesn't know is there's some weird businessman who opens some irradiated briefcase and starts melting and for some reason is in charge of all these gangs. So he has to fight all these gangs and eventually make his way to the melting businessman and have a face off with him. Uh, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's definitely something we should watch on this show at some point. Yeah. Um, it's completely ridiculous. The dramatic, <laughs> dramatic quote unquote dramatic parts are laughable, which makes them fantastic. And, uh, it's a dude in a white ninja uniform just beating people up in the middle of New York City. And it's very obvious they did not get permits to film this. Oh, I so, just assumed that part. So there's a lot of wide shots of a guy in a white ninja costume running up and fighting somebody in the middle of a street. So That's fun. Uh, it's pretty fantastic. It's really ridiculous. And... Uh, had a good time with it. I need to dive into the special features and look at all of the process that went into just, remaking this. I can't. It's why would anyone do this? That, can, that can't be profitable for them <laughs> because it's vinegar syndrome. It just doesn't. I don't get it. They put out a fully restored version of the uninvited, that cat movie that we watched. Yeah. And apparently it did very well. So weird. <laughs> So that movie was over and I asked him, I'm like, Hey, do you want to keep this ninja train rolling? <laughs> so I pulled up next, uh, Miami connection. Cause the only thing better than one single ninja is a band of ninjas who play in an actual band. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so we watched this and it was completely ridiculous. If you've never seen Miami connection, it's, uh, a group of, well, I mean, they tell us over and over that they were orphans and they all banded together to take care of each other. Now they're like family. They all play in a rock band together called dragon sound and, uh, keep getting roughed up by these, uh, this one guy's dating this girl and her brother doesn't like it. Turns out he works for a, for a guy that runs a ninja outfit and uh, tries to get him to stop dating his sister. There's lots of ninja fights for whatever reason. In a small small subplot about one of the guys, his finally found his real father. He tries his best uh, Oscar acting moment at the mailbox when he finds the letter. And it's, it's in the trailer and it makes it fantastic. She's like, oh my God, my father. <laughs> it's completely ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Alamo draft house made this movie popular when they re-released it about 10 years ago. And, uh, we watched that and Amanda sat through all of New York Ninja and about three fourths of the way through this, she decided I'm getting up and I'm going to bed. Yes. I mean, I can't blame her. And I said, but you're not going to find out if this guy meets his father or not. And she said she'd survive. That's, and then 15 minutes. It's been heartbreaking for her. 15 minutes later, the movie was over. And I got up to go to the bathroom and I just yelled into the bedroom. He met his father. And she's like, okay. How the fuck are you still married? <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, if you've never seen Miami Connection, it's definitely worth it. If you have seen it, you need to track down the Rift Tracks version of Miami Connection because it's even better. <laughs> um, then we didn't know what to do. So I'm just like, you want to watch a werewolf movie? And he's like, okay. So we watched Dog Soldiers. Oh, fuck. I've been meaning right. to rewatch that lately. Yeah. I haven't watched it in a long time. And, uh, Kept telling him like I, I remember this being good, so we're gonna have to gonna have to see if it is still good or not. Ends up still really freaking good. Yeah, of course it is. Uh, so a bunch of soldiers who are they they supposed to be like a war games type situation or just a training exercise or something something like that. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure exactly why, but no. they're all out there with no, there's no real enemy that they're fighting. They're just, they come across another set of like black ops soldiers who've been decimated. There's only one left and it seems like they've been torn apart and turns out there's a bunch of werewolves in them woods. Mm-hmm. And so they hole up in a farmhouse and then determine at some point, oh shit, werewolves outside are the people who live here in their human form during the day and now we're fucked so it's very much a siege movie where they just hole up in this farmhouse and werewolves are trying to get in and they do an amazing job of not showing the werewolves enough so that they're still mysterious and somewhat scary and then showing them and them being pretty fucking rad yeah as far as werewolf designs go so yeah, they knew they knew what to accentuate and what not to show, and it works perfectly. I really got to rewatch that one. It's so good. Yeah. So had a great time watching that, and then uh, he went home, and I still wanted to watch some more movies. So, <laughs> um, but I found a documentary I wanted to watch that I've been meaning to get around to, which is uh, seventy-eight fifty-two, which is the documentary that specifically breaks down the shower scene from uh, Alfred Hitchcock's psycho. Okay. And they basically just a bunch of people talking about like Elijah woods in it too and stuff. And they just break down like all the cuts and everything and how uh, Hitchcock specifically built this scene and how important the scene was. And it's one of those where he said, like, if this scene doesn't work, the entire movie doesn't work. Cause they just, they just basically show like through the editing, how great that scene is, how well the editing works. And they're able to like frame up like all this like imagery and stuff that it's like, Oh shit. This like all this stuff does work perfectly. Like there was a very much a grand design to almost every cut in the movie. And they sort of break all that stuff down. And it's just really fascinating to, to listen to people sort of break all this down, what all this stuff means, how it affects the rest of the movie and all that kind of stuff. And then they actually talk to Janet Lee's body double. So she gives her a rendition of what it was like to shoot that day and all that stuff and, and everything. It was just, yeah, it's just really cool. If you like sort of film breakdowns and stuff like that. We talked to a bunch of editors and like professional editors that are working today in big movies. We just talked to them about how they did it and all that stuff and how, how it looks and how it shaped the movie. So it's fascinating. So if you're a fan of psycho, it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Cause it is, I mean, another way to tell that that's a perfect scene is by just watching it once. 
and mm-hmm. it's very obvious, but it's, it'd be interesting to see a detailed analysis and more of a breakdown of exactly why it's yeah works as well as it does. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff about like Janet Lee's placement in the frame and like how they got some of the shots and stuff. Because there's one, there's one shot that they did in reverse. It's when the knife is like against her stomach. And you can see the point of it kind of putting a little indention in to her stomach. Yeah. And so they actually shot that in reverse. So they put it there and then pulled it out of the frame real quick. And just reversed it so it looks way more graphic than it actually was. Like it's getting getting ready to like pierce her skin, but never actually does. Yeah, that's, so. it's really fun when you watch that scene over and over again and slow too, and it's not as it's not as hardcore as you think it is. It's it, mm. it's just so well made that it has the impact without having to have the you know, the gore and stuff. Yeah, yeah, they do lots of shots where they just go frame by frame. Because I mean, like I said, it's. Because the whole 7258 or whatever the fuck I said the title was. 7852. Because um, there is 78 cuts, 52 edits or something like that. I don't know. Sure. But it's something like this very short time, time frame. The amount of cutting and editing in this is like insane. But they've never like, up to that point, I've never really done it like that before. So this specific scene like changed everything. So it's just really cool to hear people, like I said, break it down and specifically explain like why it's important and uh, how it changed everything. They even talked to Anthony Perkins' son for a little bit. He's like a filmmaker now. So it's interesting to have him watch the scene and kind of go through like all that stuff. It's a lot of fun. So definitely worth checking out. If you're a big Hitchcock fan and you're a fan of Psycho or whatever, it's just cool to see it broken down, how they put it together. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. All right, Noah, what are we doing next week? That's a good question, Brian. <laughs> Trying to decide if I'm changing my mind again last minute. Oh, look at the list. Scaven- He's off the list. Scavenger hunt and cannonball run too. Ooh, we could just keep a rolling. <laughs> Sounds pretty good, too. We're gonna do Deathstalker 2 and 4. Oh. Okay. Jesus, again. Wild card. (laughs) Those have been on the list for a long time. (laughs) They have. They've been on the list for a really long time, so they need to get off the list. So medieval, uh, rapey, uh, fantasy movies. We'll save. We'll save the killer clowns from... We should just put together a killer clown month. We don't need to be putting together months all the time. We need to throw in a John Wayne Gacy movie just to make us feel extra terrible about it. We've already got a month coming out. Oh, Kai sure Kai July do. quickly approaches. <laughs> Not sure if we really need to do that. It's happening this year. I vote for Kai July. It's been it's been on the list and and prepped to go for. Two years now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just Doug's, uh, Doug's mission to make sure it never happens before the show ends. Hulk month's coming too. I just don't know when to do it. Hercules. Yeah, Hercules. Yeah. no motherfuckers. You never did come up with a good Marvel. Month. No, because I was gonna team up different 
like Marvel movies with the Hulk movies, and then no, it didn't let me. So you could have done it at any point, sir. <laughs> no, the policy is if a movie's on the list, we don't get to put it on the list again. So also, it's not like there's any shortage. We still have three more Captain America movies. Last time you picked one of those, I couldn't even find it. I couldn't even steal it. <laughs> like, there's no way. <laughs> so I have the 90s ones on DVD. Oh, that 90s one. I love that movie. Because you see that somewhere and you're like, well, I mean, I have to buy this. <laughs> I can't yeah. not buy it. Oh, yeah. Nobody would expect you to walk by that. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> now who's being ridiculous? I actually remember enjoying that, but I have not seen it since I want to say high school ish. I mean, it's it's cheese, but it's it's a good stinky cheese. Wasn't the Red Skull Italian in that for some reason? (laughs) Yeah. Why the fuck? Hey, (laughs) the Italians were also fascists. Technically, they were fascists first. Yeah, technically. It's entirely plausible, though, that you just shouldn't randomly change <laughs> characters for no reason. That tends to cause problems with the film. Listen, we can all bicker and argue about who changed what character. You guys excited <laughs> for uh, Miss Marvel? I'm weirdly not. Coming real soon? It is not that I'm not excited for it. I just feel like I have not seen a very good trailer. Everything I watch is like, well, that's not a very good trailer. I It'll be interesting for me because I'm not necessarily a huge fan of the comic book. So it'll be interesting to see if maybe I like it more in a live action setting. And I know they're, they're changing bits of it. So I know nothing about it. And I'm basically um, just going to go in blind because... The trailers now, you it's actually, you brought it up, no, the trailers ruin everything, so I've just been not watching any trailers for anything that I already know I want to see. I just, I, I don't understand how at certain times Disney can be so fucking good. I mean, good to the point of they edit their fucking trailers and CGI them to fuck you up, to give you the wrong impression of what's going on. Yes. And then other times they just straight up put things that should not be in a fucking trailer in a trailer. Yeah. But you never know which one you're going to get till you watch it. So. Right. I'm looking at like a retro picture that someone post put on Facebook. And it's of a, like a um, four plex theater at the chat chatsworth mall, wherever that is. Chatsworth. And it was, <clears throat> from the 1980s and the four screens were showing the lost boys robocop predator full metal jacket fucking 1987 man <laughs> it's so it's like offensive with people trying to tell you any other year is better for movies than 1987 <laughs> three three of those movies i'm super into i guess sure. full metal jacket probably um, not yeah i'm not a fan of full metal jacket why it de- it displays the war. war I, no, I don't. I just don't. I don't fucking like war movies. I just don't. There's almost no war movies that I'm like, oh, this is great. Did you like Infinity War? <laughs> well, that's, that's a dick move. <laughs> what? <laughs> you fucking liar not, then. It's not a war movie. It's got just war it, just right in the has, title. Just because it has war in the title doesn't make it a war movie. You're trying to tell me that that's not a war that goes on in that? <laughs> 
What's that? Big some army attacking the other big army. That's some intergalactic yeah. war. God damn it. I'm changing the movies <laughs> next week again. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> uh, all right. We can end there. Uh, all right. So we should be good for Monday next week. I don't know, Brian. Should we? We should be. Some of us were good and ready to go for this Monday. I know. Now yeah, I have to I'm, sit here and struggle with, do I watch Obi-Wan or go straight to bed? Because it's... You watch Obi-Wan. If my heart hasn't exploded do? before then. Why? What are you going to do? No, I've just been exercising. I've been exercising oh. like an hour a day, every day for weeks, and it oh. sucks. Well, that sounds horrible, so you shouldn't do that. Yeah, it's fucking, it's you fucking awful. Find ways to exercise that you somewhat enjoy, then you'll keep doing them. Except there advice. is no way to exercise that I enjoy. <laughs> But like, go for a walk and listen to a podcast. Yeah, but I don't. I don't want to do that. Okay. <laughs> see, that also see that also sounds shitty. I want to sit and listen to a podcast. Could it's you really sit, hard to sit and exercise? Could you sit on an exercise bike and listen to a podcast? Yeah, we've got an exercise bike, and I don't use it because I don't like it. Although it sits, it sits weird. It rubs weird whenever I try to use it. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't think there's any comfortable exercise bikes. Yeah. Yeah, it just tries to, like, destroy your balls the entire time you use it. Yeah. No, I've been doing the, the DDP yoga. DDP yeah. yoga. We keep being like, I'm going to go back to that. And then I do it once, and then I don't do it again for six months. I think it's I think it's something that you just kind of got to go whole hog if you're going to do it. Yeah, I know. Which is kind of what I did. So I kind of, I started off with the, like advised program and then I upgraded to doing six days a week instead of three days a week or whatever and now I've upgraded to doing one of the longer ones six days a week hmm. and it and it's miserable and it sucks but it is making a difference so I suppose I should in the last month I've, o- I've only lost five pounds but I've lost like an inch and a half off my chest and two inches off my stomach already the only thing I would say is be careful with stuff where you lose weight quick and you're putting in hardcore and not liking it because that's how you lose weight and then gain it back yeah no so I've been there I've, I've find, boomeranged yeah. find stuff where you like you actually kind of enjoy what you're doing and you're feeling results but they're not quick and then you'll keep doing it for the rest of your life and then you'll I mean I've have positive I've, change. I've set some good goals and some things that I'm planning on doing if I hit those goals. Yeah. Like I, I have a weight goal set for September. And yeah, if well, I hit if I hit that weight goal by September, I am going to enlist in professional wrestling school and learn how to actually do it and go job for motherfuckers in the local thing. <laughs> Now I want you to lose weight just because I want to see this. Yeah, it's one of those things. I always, always wanted to do it, and I was always like, "No, nah, I can't do that." And I'm like, "No, fuck it." It's, you're a bit of a late starter, but I don't see why you couldn't. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not like I'm one of those people with like delusions that I'm going to be some kind of famous fucking wrestler and and go on to the TV shows. Hey, I just, D- I just, I just want to learn how to drop kick somebody. DDP didn't start training to to wrestle in the ring till he was 35, so. That's right. Yeah, that's why every time they put him in the ring, he injured other people. (laughs) I think he injured himself more than he injured other people. He injured lots of other people. He's good enough for Randy Savage. He's good enough for me. All right. (laughs) 
<laughs> Can't wait till the second half of Noah's career where he opens a shitty yoga school. <laughs> Just acknowledges, look, this is never going to be a successful yoga program, but I always wanted to do it. <laughs> Listen, if if I could make as much as some of these motherfuckers make running these goddamn yoga schools, I'd probably fucking do that shit. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.